You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, January 18th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at Just Baseball. Great website. You can check that out. Going to be talking about one of the articles, actually, that I wrote over there, top my favorite, most memorable moments of the last year in baseball. Going to be talking about that maybe on this episode tomorrow. Going to be touching on that a little bit with a guest of mine and also going to be talking about it with a friend later on. Um, follow me on Twitter at Javapeno. Again, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O or at L-O underscore Padres. The former account, I tweet about baseball, but also a lot about comic books and video games and movies and stuff and just crap posting, to be honest. And then Lockdown Padres for all Padres-related stuff. Today's episode, guys, I must say... Oh, and also... Check out the YouTube, Lockdown Padres. You can also see my my bobblehead buddy, which you can get in the description of the pod. Uh, so go check that out. Today's show is going to be a fun one. We are talking about Shohei Otani. Because why not? Why the heck not? It's almost like the gods knew. You know what? If Javi doesn't have a, a podcast idea, let's just give him one today. You know? I probably was going to eventually talk about this, but... Thank the Nightingale. We have something to talk about. We're going to be talking about that a little bit. Shohei Otani potentially being on the Padres watch list. That sounded weird. Potentially on the Padres wish list, I should say. Don't want to uh, invoke the wrong idea. Um, that should be. That's going to be a lot of fun. And then talking a little bit about Hassan Kim, um, who I honestly think I need to do multiple episodes on uh, in the future. And then concluding with some thoughts on the Grant Brisby article from The Athletic about Tatis being traded. Let's get into it. First off, there is not much that I can add, or probably anyone can add at this point, to the Shohei Otani conversation. Um, I don't really have many original thoughts on the guy. Um, he's incredible. You want to bring up F4, the guy casually will just post the most incredible F4 numbers you've ever seen. 3.8 as a hitter, I'm pretty sure. Hold on. Yeah, 3.8 as a hitter this past year, 5 as a hitter the previous year before, and that's not even taking into account the pitching, which you literally have to scroll and, like, find. <laughs> you know what I mean? You have to, like, go through and click on the pitching thing in order to find, um, what's it called? Uh, all the, the stuff that Shohei Otani does. He's incredible. He seemingly got better as a pitcher this past year. And by all accounts, he's probably going to be that first $500 million man, Right? But in terms of analysis, in terms of just talking about him as a player, as an entity, as a species, or whatever the heck he is, because as far as I'm concerned, I have personally not acquired sufficient enough evidence to prove that Shohei Otani is human. All right? What I have proved, I think that we all have proved and gathered enough evidence, is that the LA Angels, the Los Angeles Angels, I mean, Los Angeles Dodgers are a whole different beast, but holy lordy. Uh, the Los Angeles Angels are just white-collar, world-class criminals for having two of the best players of arguably the generation and nothing to show for it. Barely even squeaking, like, fourth place. You know what I mean? Like, that's the, the that's the cap of the Angels right now. It's just, it's remarkable. As for Otani um, joining the Padres, so it came out um, a little bit earlier in the morning yesterday um, via 
Bob Nightingale. I'm going to read a Bleacher Report article that sums up part of it, but... Los Angeles star Shohei Otani won't become a free agent until after the 2023 season, but the sweepstakes for the two-way phenom are already heating up. Bob Nightingale of USA Today reports that the San Diego Padres plan to be all-in, in quotes, on their pursuit of Otani next winter. The Padres' interest in Otani comes as no surprise amid the franchise's recent run of aggressive roster moves. San Diego acquired star outfielder Juan Soto. Remember that? That was awesome. At the 2022 trade deadline and signed star shortstop Xander Bogarts to a mega deal this offseason. Nightingale also noted that the worst kept secret in baseball is the Los Angeles Dodgers' desire to sign Otani next season as they are trying to stay below the luxury tax to jump in with all of their might when he hits the open market. So, here's the thing. I think that Nightingale kind of, with that line there about the Dodgers, kind of really ends the story there. Um, there's two things. There's two reasons for why I don't see Shea Otani becoming a San Diego Padre. And th- there's also some things you have to talk about with, uh, d- dare I see, say, us as a Padres faithful, getting perhaps a little bit too greedy, a little bit too spoiled. But what you have to bring up first here is what he just said about the Dodgers. The Dodgers really didn't do too much this offseason. I actually thought they had like a B plus, A minus offseason just because I think Noah Syndergaard is a great signing for them. I think J.D. Martinez is a good signing for them. I think that guy has a little bit left in the tank. And if he's just asked to be DH and whatnot for that team, I think he could be really good. He's going to be around a lot of smart players, smart organization. He's a smart player, too. He's a big analytics, like, developmental and, like, just just really hones in on whatever he is an expert at. Like, he's just a student of the game, a lot of ways, with J.D. Martinez. So don't sleep on that signing, for sure. Um a fun prop bet is like who will be more productive, Matt Carpenter or JD Martinez, which is a wild thing to say, right? Um, right, like it's kind of wild to like if someone told you for like three years ago, like which would be a better player. That's kind of where we are. So I don't know how it's going to shake up, but them not spending as much this off season is as big evidence to say that they're going to go all in, and the Dodgers have deeper pockets than almost anyone, um, and I think they're basically saying, all right, we have a great team anyway, we're going to wait. And what's something that can really potentially change our overall impact on the sport, our overall, like, kind of image that we have on the sport, and their image is that they've just not had a lot of luck in the postseason? You sign Shohei Otani. You bring him there, take him to levels that he's never been before. He's a super-duper star already. This would take him nuclear, right? And he'd potentially win a World Series for that team. It, it, it would be awesome. I mean, he could win help win any team. Any team could use him for a skill set, right? Um, the second thing is with the Padres, which they talked about. They just traded for Juan Soto, and they just signed Xander Bogarts. It just feels to me like there are, and I don't know if this is like a serious thing from Padres folk, but it has really felt to me like we're, we're getting a little bit spoiled. I mean, you can't say we're not trading Tatis. That's an absurd notion. And then you can't also say with that, we're definitely signing Manny. And then you can also add on top of that, and we're also extending Soto. And we could also go get Rodon. And because of, don't get me wrong, I think there is a world where billionaires and people with lots of money definitely could do all these things. But in fairness to the Padres, and I've said this for like the years, many years that I've been hosting this show, unlike a lot of other teams that are competitive and could potentially go all the way if their owners just tried, the Padres are spending a good amount of money. 
And considering that they've had some on and off success, 2019, first year of Manny, not the best season, right? 2020, but only a 60-game sample size. They're excellent. They create the Slam Diego thing. 2021 is the collapse. And in 2022, they make it into the playoffs, although they weren't like an elite team, but they were certainly a good team, right? So it's not like they've had oodles of success, but they're still spending a whole lot of money. So I think the Scythers are completely without blame here. I just think that you can't ask for too many different things. Would he want to go to the Padres? The thing in favor of it, the thing in favor, I think, potentially, as of right now, for why he could go to the San Diego Padres, I'll tell you in just one second, guys. But first, I want to talk to you about something that we talk about all the time, guys, and that is betting. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You want the latest odds? On every professional amateur league out there, well, they've got you covered. You want to see what's going on in football, NFL playoffs perhaps. You want to see what's going on in the NHL. Maybe you got some NBA futures you want to mix in there. Who's going to be the MVP? I personally think it was Durant before he got hurt. I don't know. I just like it when guys score more than 30 points a game on like 56% shooting. Screw Jason Tatum. Uh, No, I'm kidding. But uh, that's just me. And they've got you covered when it comes to all those bets, all those future bets. And they've also got some sports podcasts for you as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, that was a heck of a tease on my job. I don't usually tease on this show. I try to kind of be kind and not totally jip you folk. No, that's not true. I love teasing. It's so much fun. I mean, come on. How can you host anything without doing the tease? It's just great. The, the Mike Greenberg tease. And coming up next on Get Up or whatever. Anyway, I think that the biggest reason for why this would make sense is, like Nightingale said, the Padres have been very active. They are insane, right? The only thing that would make sense is what we're going to talk about a little bit later is if the Padres potentially said, all right, we're moving on from Fernando Tatis Jr., we're going to trade him. We're going to replenish our farm. We're just going to completely replenish our farm. We'll get some stuff from the Yankees or whatever, right? And then they extend Soto. They use some of that money to sign some starting pitchers. That would make sense. And I understand that that's what some Padres fans might be thinking. Darvish and Snell are gone after this year, right? That would leave only like Joe Musgrove and Nick Martinez in your rotation. And we don't know what's going on with Lugo and Nick Martinez. We don't know if there's any prospect that might break out. Maybe, although unlikely based on where the farm system currently is post Juan Soto trade, that it would be like, not only can you get the power that you've always needed, but you also get the pitcher. Uh, and he would be electric. The idea of Shohei Otani in San Diego would be phenomenal. I mean, it would be. Electric atmosphere. I mean, it would be awesome. It really, really would. But the other thing for me is, maybe Shohei Otani, he's thinking right now, I just watched... The Angels scrounge up talent like you would not believe. You know what I mean? Like, we are out here barely competing. I'm throwing my entire life force into this thing, and we're just not getting anywhere. I could totally see him saying, you know what? Let me go to the Padres. That team loves spending, and they just just are doing it. And they don't have, like, a grand history of doing it, but they're trying to make themselves the marquee destination. Maybe he likes looking at The fact that the Padres have such a great attendance. Their fans are ravenous. They're crazy. They're nutcases. Sometimes bad in a bad sense, but they're awesome. Maybe that's what Shohei Otani is thinking. But overall, I just don't see it. I'm sorry. You can't have everything. You just can't. 
You can't say we're going to re-sign Soto, we're going to re-sign Manny, we're going to keep Tatis, and we're going to get some starting pitching help, and then also bring in Shohei Otani. Don't get me wrong. It would be phenomenal. It's not impossible, right? Because, like I said, I mean, I just mentioned, like, you've got a lot of guys coming off the books. With Darvish and Snell alone, if they were to use that money and pay for Otani, totally possible. But then that leaves the issue of Manny. That leaves the issue of Soto. It would be phenomenal, but if they really are reportedly all in, that's probably what it's going to take. It would probably mean we have to say goodbye to Manny Machado, and then, as I said on my last podcast with my buddy Arm, maybe you go and see if Matt Chapman doesn't cost too much, he becomes your replacement third baseman. That could potentially work out, or maybe you just move Hassan Kim to third. He's played there a couple times, right? That would be great. So for everybody that wants to trade Hassan Kim, Right? Everyone wants to trade Hassan Kim, but then you, you're going to get mad at me for for this suggestion that he plays third in order to get Otani. Like, you can't have everything. You can't have everything. So maybe that's possible, and they say, all right, sorry, Manny, and Soto, we'll figure out your thing later, but for now we're getting Shohei Otani. My thing is, if the Dodgers are prepping for this, I just don't see a world in which they let the Padres outbid them. I know that they acquired Soto, but that's still a little bit different. A trade versus a signing, and especially when the Dodgers were still leading in the NL East, they didn't necessarily have to make a big move. The Padres seemingly did when they acquired Soto. The Dodgers right now are clearly gearing up for it. And that's just the Dodgers. What about the Yankees? You never know if they want to get involved. That would make him a super-duper star, too. The San Francisco Giants, they struck out on multiple free agents this offseason with Aaron Judge and then obviously Carlos Correa, that whole thing. Maybe that's what they're thinking. They're thinking, you know, big, big population there, big age population there. Maybe they're saying he would be great for the Cove, for the Bay Area. would be great. And it, they'd be like, oh, my God, we have our next absolute titanic monolithic legend in Otani. We had Bonds, right? We had, heck, even um, the kid. What's his name? The Freak. We had Lincecum. We had Posey. He's going to be the next big super-duper star for San Francisco. It's a team that has a good knack for at least having a one superstar, you know what I mean? Like at all times, whether it be Posey, whether it be Lincecum, whether even, was Matt Cain good for a period? Yeah, he was, but I don't think he was a super duper star. No, 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 not him. They had Hunter Pence. He was, he was a star, but not a super duper star, but you get my point. Posey was up there. Um, so you have them and then you have the New York Mets, another team that just got outdone with the Carlos Correa thing. They clearly want a third baseman. Um, they might be going after Shohei Otani, but they could also go after Manny Machado. My bottom line is just fundamentally, I think that there are other teams that are going to be more desperate to sign. This isn't a bad thing. It's whatever. Obviously, I'm all for it. And it's not impossible, but I just think that there are other teams that are going to do it more. And I think what he mentioned about the Dodgers is a big sign of that. But again, I am an idiot. I am an idiot. So it is possible. It is possible that they sign Shohei Otani and make me look like a fool. And then I'm doing a podcast begging for AJ Preller to drown me in a tank full of, you know, piranhas. That's that's what's going to happen, right? They signed Shohei Otani, but that $500 million deal is probably going to happen. It's going to be awesome. And this is a very NBA-like storyline in the sense that in the NBA, when there's a free agent that's like a superstar that's pending, it becomes like the ultimate talking point on like every show you put on for the whole year. You know what I mean? They talk about it in like for months Thank the Lord that Giannis ended up staying from Milwaukee because if if he didn't stay with Milwaukee and resign when he did, we would have been getting those stories all year long. And it would have been it's actually kind of nauseating. It's one thing I don't like about the NBA. It's just talking about the free agent possibility of this star for literally the whole year. And it's it just drives me insane. But anyway, 
with that out of the way, ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk about Hassan Kim and Fernando Tatis Jr. really quickly. Number one with Hassan Kim, which I actually, now that I'm in the middle of recording this, I think he deserves his own entire episode. Talk about his best moments, right? Talks about what makes him so good, but I really have feel like, I really do feel like I've seen a really large swath of Padres folks wanting to trade this guy. And I, I just don't, I don't quite understand it. I think that it might be the same thing that I've been alluding to, this feeling of of spoiled, of just wanting too much and not understanding the, the importance of having some depth, importance of having your Matt Carpenter types, right? Your your Hassan Kim types it can be just like that. A three-plus war guy who's a, a replacement for your MVP shortstop, that's hard to come across. You don't find that very often. He's awesome to watch. The vibes are immaculate. If if anything, I would have thought that Padres folks would have been happy for nothing more than just being happy about like his vibes. Like he's so much fun to watch. He's always smiling. Manny loves him, right? You know, he's doing his whole, you know, uh breakfast club uh, you know, fist into the sky thing when they he hit that game that like game not not game tying, that was Cronenworth in the in the game against the Dodgers, but like just to go ahead, like bringing them back with this huge single, the vibes are immaculate, and he's only getting better, right? I don't think that he's. I think the fact that he doesn't put the ball into the air enough, not a high fly ball rate. The fact that he pulls the ball a lot, and it's not fly balls that are pulled, right? He's not pulling that, not turning them into fly balls. If he ever does that, ooh, ooh, if he ever does that, that would be interesting. Take very much next year. Pay attention early on. If Hassan Kim keeps pulling the ball, see. If they become more fly balls, because if that happens, I think, I think in Petco, I, th- I just, I have a feeling that he could become a much better hitter, but I don't know. Um, there's just been this feeling that a lot of people are trying to trade Hassan Kim. Like they're really trying to trade him. And I feel bad because the guy's good and he's got good vibes. And I think that, yes, I think for the right price, we talked about this on Friday. Yes, I could see a world in which trading him for Pablo Lopez could be good. And later this week, I'm going to be talking about the Padres rotation again, because why not? <laughs> There's nothing else to talk about. But also just after talking with Aram, I really did remember once again how scary the Padres pitching situation could be. But anyway, um, so yeah, that's my just my two cents on Hassan Kim. I really think that it just doesn't make a lot of sense why people are... Not hating him, but they're just like, he's overrated. This guy isn't that good. He can't hit. Coming from the KBO isn't easy. And it took him some time to catch up to some of the fastball speeds out there. Like, there's a difference between hitting some changeups and some curveballs versus the speed, the velocity of Major League Baseball. And I think that when given a full sample size, he was much better. And I was really high on Hassan Kim heading into this season. I thought he was the Padres' secret weapon. Because I thought, if this is a three-win player... It's hard to see when you're watching individual games, but over the course of a season, having that when Tatis was, and remember, I also said this when Tatis was only, he was expected to be back like after the All-Star break. That obviously didn't happen. That's a huge win for the Padres. And I think going forward, because of how, I mean, he's done so well that it's almost not even a question. Tatis ain't going back to shortstop. You know what I mean? That's how good and, and solid of a defender this guy is. Even he was nominated for a damn gold glove. He's a good player. So enough of the Hassan Kim stuff, and we're going to talk about this again at some other point. We have to. Maybe next week. Maybe next week. But ladies and gentlemen, let's talk a little bit more. I feel like I've been crapping on Padres fans a little bit today. I don't mean to. I don't I don't mean for it to come off that way. But it just feels like there's some things I want to squash just a little bit. And another one is an article from Grant Brisby, 
which came out in The Athletic, and it was, he's a Bay Area guy, he's a San Francisco Giants dude, so he's going to write about Giants-centric things. And the article that he wrote was one player that the Giants could trade for from every National League team. I think he ended up doing every team, but then he talked about National League West. Talked about Diego Cartea, the guy from the Dodgers, which is, you know, would be incredible for the Giants because they currently don't have a catcher. Joey Bart didn't really uh, pan out as they would have liked. Colorado Rockies with Herman Marquez, Yorvis Torreleba. Uh, there's there's plenty of guys. Aaron, Arizona Dimax, Pavin Smith. And then he included, and he said, this is going to be a spicy one. He said, oh, this is a spicy one. Fernando Tatis Jr. as one of the players from the Padres that they could trade for. Here's what he wrote. Tatis missed the entire 2022 season. He missed the first four months because he fractured us in a motorcycle incident. As you guys know, he'll be suspended for the beginning of the 2023 season for performance-enhancing drugs. He's still owed $332.56 million on an extension that is backloaded and will pay him $36.7 million when he's 35 years old. They would also like to re-sign Soto eventually. They'd like to keep Manny Machado when he hops out. And they just gave Xander Bogarts a huge deal. And he basically goes on to say, look, the Padres have said all the right things. He's still just 24. He is super duper outside of Shohei Otani, not just in terms of talent, but also the blockbuster appeal. Like, it's just those two. Those two are in a league of their own for what they do for the sport right now. He basically outlines that ignoring the actual things that we know about Tatis and the Padres and what he means to them, I think, this is a scenario that would make sense for, theoretically, a team to trade for. Look at all of the talent they've acquired. They have Hassan Kim at short. Forget that. They just sign a guy who's a shortstop to a long-term deal. Remove the Padres fandom for a little bit. It's not... I don't... And I saw some people crapping on my, my boy Brisby. And I thought that it was a little bit unfair. Uh, someone was writing some giant, like, two-paragraph thing saying uh, journalism is a mess and... Uh, Obviously, it's very easy to take a dump on the media. It's very easy to do that. Um, and I'm not going to get on my media high horse and why I, that oftentimes annoys me because I think people take the wrong route with how to criticize the media properly. Um, you know, the media isn't good because you don't like that a writer from San Francisco thinks that they could trade for a player. Like, that's just the wrong time to do the media journalism thing. But anyway, anyway, before I get too down that rabbit hole... Um, I think that what one thing that I found was that was funny also when he let me see if I could find the line that was very funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very funny read. Grant Brisby's a great writer. Um, the Giants' team doctors might have issue with the plate in Tatis's head that was responsible for the motorcycles and PEDs, and might also be concerned about how brittle Tatis seems to be concerned with the plate in his head. So it's just funny lines, right? And again. He was very clear in this article why it wouldn't happen. And there's a bunch of reasons why it won't happen. That I'm not going to detail uh, his words, but I just think overall the upside is too great, and they're clearly building for right now. The blockbuster appeal, he is what made the Padres kind of really put them on the map a lot more. I know Manny's been technically a little bit better as a player because he's always been there, but Tatis is just something so new and so exciting that this guy could just be Griffey and could like carry a franchise. You know what I mean? Like, be the type of thing that you're talking about 20 years from now as what, like, what vaulted the Padres into the national conversation, right? That's the type of um, talent that Fernando Tatis Jr. has. I'm not breaking any news to anybody, but just felt like rehashing it. 
I've said on the show that in theory, in a vacuum, it isn't the craziest thing in the world considering all the moves that the Padres made, if you're just looking at the player and what he provides, for them to trade him, right? They've lost all of their farm, more or less. You could get a boatload in return, including, since we're always talking about the lack of rotation depth, you could probably get an arm in there or two, get some good prospects, maybe you get yourself a shortstop prospect too, and then you have still have Xander, you still have Soto, you still have Manny, right? Maybe you re-sign Manny, re-sign Soto, boom, you're locked in for the next 10 years or whatever. There's your core. You still have some great pitching. Like, it's not the most obscene thing I've ever heard, right? But it won't happen. And there's a lot of good reasons for why it won't happen, right? He's a star and he has such high potential that, you know, also with him being locked up, that's another reason why he probably won't be traded, right? I don't, if he, now I'll tell you, and I said this back when I was talking with, with my friend Stacy, uh, host of Locked On Yankees, if Tatis didn't sign that extension and he was currently just going through the arbitration process, his value would be enormous. I think you would be getting infinitely more trade requests and whatnot right now. Or not trade requests, uh, trade um, inquiries, I should say. I don't want to imply that Tatis would ask for a trade. A lot more people, because they'd be like, well, we can just rely on the arbitration and we can give them our deal or whatever. That's different. And Tatis's contract isn't like the worst in the world. It certainly isn't in terms of the overall money. But like he said, 35.6 when he's 35 years old. Now, granted, that's a long time from now. Inflation, maybe salary cap stuff goes up, money changes hands. All of a sudden, his contract isn't nearly as crazy, right? Like Otani might reset the market this upcoming year when he makes 500 million plus. That's totally possible. But overall... Um, this is just one of those things that's not worth hating on. I think that part of the Tatis trade thing, the part of the Tatis trade stuff for me that makes sense is the idea of just exploring like, yeah, what would it like for a Tatis trade? That part I don't mind. But I also do mind the whole, the Yankees thing from a while ago when reporters, you know, some ESPN hosts were just like, oh, I heard, you know what I mean? I heard, I heard they're, they're trying to get Tatis. It's like, Man, he wearing dreads. Like, look at Tatis's hair. There's no way in heck the Yankees are trying to get this guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like take that out of the equation. Like, they just they're out because the Yankees are ridiculous with that stupid, borderline racist rule that they have. Um, <laughs> I think that just overall, it's a fun article, guys. Don't overreact to it. It's fine. We're good. Grant Brisby's a, bre- a great writer, brilliant writer at times, and I thought it was very funny. And I think that, um. Just remember that you can't have everything, I think. And that depth is good, especially when you already have the stars, right? If you have all the these five guys that I've mentioned, it's okay if you're like, you know what, now we can just go for some depth. Now we can just be like, all right, cool, we got a great bullpen arm, right? Or we got a good back of the rotation starter, or we got a good fourth outfielder when you have so many stars like they do. This isn't Golden State Warriors, NBA, just only assemble super teams, and not to mention, I think the Dodgers are like, their Padres and Dodgers are, are pretty close. What if maybe the Dodgers aren't able to pull out some talent for once out of nowhere? I know that they always do it, and Syndergaard is going to be like a five-win player this year. But what if for once, maybe they have a little bit of an off year? Maybe they don't get the same out of Gonsolin or Dustin May or uh, Noah Syndergaard, right? Maybe they're just, uh. And then Walker Buehler, maybe he comes back and he's not as great. It's not impossible. It's unlikely. But it's not impossible, right? Maybe they can't do it year after year. They can't keep getting away with this, right? Totally possible. But overall, Padres fans, calm down. Um, The idea of trading Tatis, when you take into account the moves they've made, 
they've made moves that are almost like we're preparing either if Manny leaves or if we want to trade Tatis. There's insurance policies in place on this current Padres team. That's at least how I've seen it. Um, and again, that being said, hands off the goober. I cannot wait until he's back. Go watch some highlights, everybody. If you're like still mad at Tatis, which I'm not, I'm over it personally. I think most people are over it. Um, granted, it was a lot of stuff that happened over these past year, couple years. Just go watch some highlights again. Remind yourself of how fun this guy is. You know what I mean? And I honestly forgot for a little bit because it's been so damn long since I've watched him play baseball. But he's going to be back super soon, and I can't wait. Super soon in the grand context of the full season. And I can't friggin' wait. And neither can you, I imagine. But ladies and gentlemen, that's about it for today's episode of the Lockdown Padres Podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. For future episodes, on Friday, going to be talking about the Padres' rotation. And tomorrow, hold on, Thursday, going to be talking with my buddy Ryland Stiles about how to survive a 162-game season. Talking about that, talking about some of our favorite moments from the year. And then also talking just a little bit about, um, what was the last thing we did? I don't know. It was like favorite moments, and then it was... How to survive a long season. I think those were the, the basis, the basis, that was the basis of our conversation. It's a fun episode as a midweek thing for you guys, so look forward to that, hopefully. Subscribe to the YouTube, follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, at L-O underscore Padres. Remember, Lockdown Padres, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. And until next time, stay safe, and of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.